Welcome to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast with me, your host, Emily Rose, where we take a subversive look at all the celebrity gossip you want and some you never knew you needed. We'll take a deep dive into the hidden meanings of what's really going on in the world of pop culture, because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast with me, your host, Emily Rose. What a week. (laughs) What a couple weeks. So I know the whole news cycle moves at a breakneck speed and we're kind of, you know, as commentators, there's sort of this expectation that we have to report on everything in the moment, but there's times like the last couple of weeks where I need to process what just transpired and what I just saw. And that's this past week for me. There were obviously the Oscars. I know the Grammys just happened. I'll probably speak about that next week. So we all know about the slap heard around the world, but I was, the woman was too stunned to speak. There was so many thoughts and yet nothing at the same time. And luckily my guests this week felt the same way. So I have the wonderful Lex Nico. She's so fantastic. You may know her from Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest. <laughs> She's Lex Nico on all platforms. And of course, her podcast, One Last Thing. And it's an appropriate title because <laughs> I was trying to be respectful of her time, but she's such a great guest to talk to that I kept being like, okay, and one more last, one more thing. Uh, and one more thing. Oh, sorry, one more thing. <laughs> we ended up going way over time, but, but we had so much to say. She just is such an encyclopedia of knowledge about pop culture and also just a bright light. She's just the type of person that when you talk to her, you you come away in a better mood. You know, she's just one of those type of people. So it was really nice to sit down with her. I got to talk a bit more about, you know, my woo side, which she's just super open about. And I've been like a little more hesitant to get into um, on the pod. So it was nice to get a little more personal. And yeah, as per usual, <laughs> I couldn't get my mic to work. I had to use my headphones. So sorry, but <laughs> I'll say this, this could be your future bragging rights that like later on when I'm in some fancy studio someday, you get to be like, I was actually listening to this pod when it was indie and just being produced in her living room. And it was just like a one woman show. You get to like brag about that down the line. <laughs> I'll just frame it that way. <laughs> or it could just be part of my charm. <laughs> So I want to get into today's episode, but first I will just say that at one point we talked about uh, the fact that I do astrology readings. I kind of do this low key. I don't advertise it too much, but I have cleared my schedule out a little bit. Um, I've opened up my books for some readings. It'll be in the episode description and in my bio on Instagram. So that's all there for you. And if you like what you're hearing, send me a, send me a little five-star review, send me a little, a little follow, a little share with your friends, a little share on social media. It would be so lovely and so appreciated. I am both thirsty for external validation and would like this podcast to grow. So that's how you can help support the pod on the Patreon this week. It's a very funny and very personal episode. That's all I'll say. There's just some things that need to be said behind a paywall, and I will just leave it at that. It's more about uh, me and Sam just getting very personal (laughs) and uh, a little off the cuff. So anyhow, so without further ado, let's get into today's episode. (laughs) All right. And we're back with Lex Nico of TikTok, Instagram, the (laughs) e-network, basically just the internet as a whole. (laughs) Anywhere. There's an opportunity for me to shove my face and talk about celebrities on the internet. I'm there. Twitter, 
Pinterest. I'm everywhere. <laughs> just influencing the, the phone. Trying, trying. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Oh, it's so nice to sit down and, and chat with you. We I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> been derailed for 20 minutes. I know, we've only been here talking about pop culture for about half an hour. Uh, we're like, should we, should we pod? Like, is that what we're yeah. here to do? <laughs> no, I always say, like, um, I was saying this to Sophie as well when I did her podcast. I'm just like, when we, when you get going and you have this like one-on-one, it's like being at a sleepover for me. I'm like, we could just sit. It's like, we're sitting on the couch, like, you know, there's some sort of TV in the background and we're just talking. It's like a little slumber party. A hundred percent. And not just that, but it's like talking about pop culture is like the special language. It's like, mm-hmm. it is the special language that you speak. And I never expect other people to be interested. If you're not into it, it doesn't matter. It's okay. I'm not going to like force it on you, but for the people who do, like you just mentioned this obscure moment that I know. is where all my passwords should be in my brain, but they're not. It's that instead. <laughs> it's that. I know I'm literally out here changing my password. Cause I forgot it every time I log on to like Hulu or Apple or whatever. But if you ask me like what happened in 2018 to like, I don't know, Lady Gaga, I'd be like, yep, I know exactly where she was. I saw her at Rise Nation. This was when she was doing, I don't know, like applause like I'm just like it's insane oh, it's filed away <laughs> I know but then you know here we are and here we are yeah it's it's lovely that we get these platforms where we get to like pull out all these like files <laughs> from our brain I know and it's lovely that we have each other I think that's like the best thing like I love that you know people are like I need somebody to come and talk on my podcast just general pop culture stuff like tomorrow can you come and I'm like yep a thousand percent. I'm, I'm in, I don't need to do any prep work. It's my life. (laughs) Exactly. I know. And it's funny because we talked like earlier in the week and obviously the Oscars happened. We're like, there's much Mm -hmm. to say about it, but I'm like, I need to process and I need to just watch the aftermath unfold. I'm not ready to talk about it right now. And you were like, me too. We're like, let's just let this week, like settle in and collect my thoughts, which have changed every day, by the way, but I know we'll we'll get into it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's always nice to see a fellow Canadian in yeah, the game. I know. <laughs> <laughs> lots of lots of apologizing on all. I think my audio wasn't working for. I'm like, sorry. You're like, I'm sorry. We're like, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> like, sorry. 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 I also um, love that you're in Montreal. The second that you reminded me you're in Montreal, my brain was like, oh my god, I want poutine so badly. Like, I, I didn't realize that that would be a thing that I would miss so deeply moving to LA from Canada. And like Toronto poutine doesn't even compare to Montreal. No. And I, so I was in British Columbia for the last seven years and I just moved Mm -hmm. back and from here. Um, And all the time people are like, oh, but there's poutine here. I'm like, it's not recognizable to me. I I do not (laughs) accept that energy. Like I don't claim it. That's not poutine to me. That is not, BC poutine is not my poutine. Yeah, the cheese doesn't squeak. The gravy's not good. Like you don't get, it's more than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't just <laughs> sprinkle some cheese on fries and call it a poutine. No, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've been more than making up for lost time. I love it. Oh <laughs> my God. Another thing about your platform that I've been just like loving is all the spiritual side, all the woo-woo. Um, mm-hmm. That's me, but I don't get into that stuff publicly. Oh, I love the woo woo. I'm literally, I've got my crystals here. Like I'm not, they never leave. 
I love uh, that. Just out of view is my shrine, my tarot cards, my like literally. Oh my God. Can you pull a cart? Can you pull a three spread for me at the end? Or like, I, I would love that. Yeah, I need a little, yeah. I need a psychic reading. Um, yeah. I very low key on the side. I do astrology readings and I do tarot and yeah, like it's like done. It, it's so funny because it's like, it's such a huge part of my life, but like, I'm also a Scorpio sun. So I feel like it's this like part of me just being like, this is my little, like, this is my little life off to the side. And, and like, and this will stay in the shadows. And like, if you find, I mean, I have it as the link in my bio, but like, it's sort of, I don't talk about it so yeah. much, but I'm like, is there I'm, a reason that you don't talk about it? Are you just like, it's, it's personal to me. Or are you just like, I have enough to talk about. And I never thought about the fact that people would care or something. Um, I think that, well, so I'm super, like, I'm a super sensitive person, but there's something about if people think that I'm vapid because of interest in the Kardashians, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, let them laugh. Like, whatever. Like, let them, yeah. I'm like, let them think this is because to me, I know that this is actually like what I see as deep cultural analysis mm-hmm. of just the story. That's of also time. undeniable. You cannot deny, you can have an opinion on the Kardashian sure, but you cannot deny that they have categorically impacted and changed culture, media, and like celebrity. Yes. You can't deny that. Yeah, could teach it. a course course on it but, but then there's people that are like oh but you're giving them a platform by continuing to talk about it and it's like look you could say the same thing about like political leaders that are doing bad things it's like they're going to keep doing what they do mm-hmm. and if we don't talk about it then no one's going to be like they're they're still the world's still going to be turning people are going to be doing awful things do you want to know about it or not like you know exactly or like do you think that my you know, opinion on the Kardashians truly positively impacts the 135 million followers they all have. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's past the point of giving them a platform. They've got the platform. Yeah. You know, we're just trying to talk about it. (laughs) So I'm 33 now. And for, I would say the last five years, I've been telling people, my, all my friends, I'm like, something really big is happening in my 33rd year. Like I just, I don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure it's good. And mm-hmm. like, that's kind of within two weeks after starting this, that's when like the TikTok took off and like the podcast, like shortly after and it all after like some, some like really rocky years. And I keep the people that I follow on TikTok at three thirty three. like it's, this is like, this is my It's life. a thing. It's a yeah. real thing. And like the fact that you had that intuitive feeling, you're just like, you probably are vibrating at a very high frequency. So you put out there that you felt this coming and it's just like what you put out and you also sort of surrender to it. You're like, I don't know what it is, but I feel it's positive and whatever. You weren't trying to like, you weren't efforting, you know, you weren't like overly trying to make something happen. You're like, I'm just open to receiving this thing that I know is coming and you surrender to that feeling. And now you're in this position. But I feel like, again, if you're feeling called to talk about these things, like, just talk about it. Like you want to talk about things going mainstream. I feel now more than ever, and maybe it's a result of the pandemic or people being isolated in quarantine or, you know, feeling like they need to examine, like if there's a higher power, anything like that. Like, I feel like people are really tapped into, you know, manifestation and even meditation as a form of manifestation and, you know, calling things into your life that you feel deserving and worthy of. And, you know, just being ready and open for it instead of that, you know, efforting so hard. So I don't know, I can stay on this soapbox for hours. 
I feel very, um, like positive about that, like power of manifestation. And it's, I don't want to say it like, I'm not somebody who wants to preach toxic positivity because I definitely am not like, I have my bad days. I have chronic depression. You know, I'm not like sitting here don't, being like, everything. Don't we perfect. all, but that's my yeah. bias. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, like, I'm like mentally well in this economy. Like, <laughs> yeah, please, please. <laughs> but like, I just feel like, you know, at the end of the day, I, I don't, I think we talked about this. Did we talk about, it? there was this one TikTok that went around and the girl was like, I have this new sort of like mantra yes. or yes. affirmation of just like, show me how good it gets. And it's like, what, whether something is good, whether something is bad, it's like, you just surrender and you're like, show me how good it gets, you know, like, oh, my crush didn't write me back. I'm going to drill this crush into the ground. My crush didn't like write me back on an Instagram DM or whatever. Fine. Like we released that. We can't do it. Like, show me how good it gets universe. Like let's yes. go. And it's like, if you don't believe in any of that stuff, you want to look at this from the perspective of science, that's fine. But it's like, okay, then, then see it through the lens of like cognitive behavioral therapy of changing your thoughts. Like it doesn't, yes. I see science and spirituality as explaining the same things with just very different ways of phrasing it. But I'm like, we're mm -hmm. all trying to just understand and shape, shift our realities to, you know, a more pleasant experience and a more pleasant, like understanding. And like, I do that Agreed. by connecting to something bigger than myself, but you know, it doesn't have to be, but I like that saying, show me how good it gets hit me over the head. I was like, me too. Yes. And for the last year, mine has been, I think I, I said this to you, like ask, believe, let go receive. And like, mm -hmm. to me, that's about, that's what it's all about because it's like, you have to ask for what you want. You have to like wholeheartedly believe in it. And then just like, let it go. Like fully yeah. just like, don't then nervously be like, okay, how about now? How about now? How about now? Um, <laughs> I know. And I was, I was listening to, um, Gabby Bernstein's podcast, dear Gabby. I really like it. Cause you know, she's got like 30, 40 minute episodes and I listen to it sometimes when I'm walking my dog and she had a caller phone in and was asking a question. And the person was like, I'm trying to be positive or I'm trying to whatever. And she's like, you saying I'm trying like, that's too, like, that's like almost uh, detrimental because like, you're trying to convince yourself of something. It's like, believe it, like start trying to pivot your focus of like believing your worthiness in whatever. Don't try to feel whatever, like just start believing it. And like, to your point of CBT, like cognitive behavioral therapy, it's like, I've done a ton of that as well. Cause I used to get really bad panic attacks. And like, it's kind of like you have a plus B equals C and like a is the situation. B is how you respond to it and C is the outcome. And it's really kind of the same thing. If you want it, like you said, look at it from a scientific perspective. It's like, a is happening to me. I can choose to be negative or I could choose to be positive or, you know, reaffirming in my belief that I will get the outcome I want. And then whatever the resulting outcome is what it is as a result of like how you perceive and you like approach it, you know? So it's oh really God. interesting. I love that you're saying, like, I love that you're saying all this. <laughs> this is like literally, cause like that's, I mean, for me, my dad's a scientist. So I grew up having all of these like spiritual beliefs that I have kind of with these counter arguments of like mm -hmm. just a purely scientific perspective. My dad's great. And, but I like, I like um, not just preaching to the choir. I like being able to translate my ideas. So it's not just these like kind of airy fairy. Like I like being able right. to kind of like, I like being able to talk it out with someone who views things differently and see where we can find the middle ground. Mm -hmm. But I see it in a way with manifesting and with calling in what, what you want a better life for yourself. I see it as a, a run a science experiment, try the experiment of wholeheartedly believing in it for a certain period of time, just observe. And that's it. 
and right. and and see what happens. And yeah, like, but you have to commit to the experiment. Exactly. And yeah. And then see, and then if it doesn't work for you, then whatever, throw it away. And if it doesn't work, then whatever, but you tried and now, you know, and listen, at the end of the day, if you want to call it science, you want to call it manifest like at the end of the day, I, this is like my firm belief is I find it a lot harder and like, it sucks a lot more energy out of me to be negative about things than it does to be optimistic or positive. Like I can get down on myself. Sure. But like I cap it at a certain timeline and I'm like, I have to pivot my mindset and focus, et cetera. Because if I just stay dwelling and festering in this negativity, it never serves me the way that like believing that something better or different or meant to be is about to happen to me, um, serves me, you know? And so just like at its core, I find it harder to be negative about things than be positive. Amazing. Well, that's you're, it. you're, you're a Virgo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a, I have a, I have a strong Virgo moon coming tonight. I know. Well, Scorpio and Virgos are like thick as thieves. My best friend is a Scorpio. Oh, amazing. y'all are nuts though. <laughs> 1000% God. I would not wish this on anyone. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Wouldn't wish it on anyone. Uh, I also have a Pisces rising. So it's just a lot of, oh my gosh, feelings. you have a lot, lot going on. <laughs> but then, wow. Then in the rest of my chart, like my, um, I have a lot of like Libra placements. So I feel like I lead with that where it's like, like, yes, I, I kind of call it like my little pony energy where it's like, hee hee, like I'm just here to have fun and whatever. Um, I know the Libra probably like grounds you a little bit in the sense that like, you just want everybody to be happy and like have a good time and et cetera. Diplomatic, but, nervous. Yeah. All the fun things. No, it's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> creative. Such a pot. Like I'm a Virgo, Virgo sun, Aries moon, Libra rising. And like the Libra really grounds the other two, but then a lot of like, I think my moon, I forget what else, but like everything else is like Leo. And I'm like, that checks out. It's a ongoing job to fight kind of like the negativity or going down the drain or whatever. But then again, like that is where my mind goes. But I think that's also what helps me with like just turning mm -hmm. over every stone with all this pop culture stuff. Like I like to take the dark and then bring it out into the light. I'm like, sunlight's the best disinfectant. Let's talk about this. And like, yeah. You Let's know. put it out there and just be upfront about what's going on, you know? Um, and speaking of what's going on, should we get into the Oscars? There's so yes. much. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Like, Where would you like to begin? <laughs> well, <laughs> I feel like, okay. So I've been trying to like collect my thoughts and what keeps coming back to me is the winner of the Oscars this year is the Oscars. Like, yeah. After so many years of being boring and seeming irrelevant, it's like, okay, we're going to give it all to you. <laughs> it really, like, again, we said it happened last Sunday. This is Saturday. A week later, we're recording it. We're like, we need this whole week to process everything that happened. And I think beyond process, everything that happened with like the Will Smith, Chris Rock situation, it's like, there were so many other things that happened that we didn't even talk or think about because of that slap. Like, it just, well, uh, yeah, that's a big yeah, part like, of the conversation. Yeah. And so I'm just like, again, for me at the very like high level, I think it's so, I'm so like upset for the three hosts. I really feel like they tried their best to do such a good job. Like I know people were like shitting on Amy Schumer for doing that gag with Kirsten Dunst. And it's like, she was in on it. Like we all 
need to calm down a little bit. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying before the intro of just like, there are just people who are sitting there like itching to get mad about something. And it's like, just let some things be what they are at the surface level, please. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, totally like, yeah. So many people are just, yeah, they're waiting to like let out all their emotions and then finding these Mm -hmm. situations that are supercharged and do it by proxy. But it's like, yeah, there's, there's the three women hosts that no one's talking about. Quest Love One, best documentary. Like, we're not talking Ugh. about Venus and Serena also. Like, I know. That's what the movie's about. <laughs> that's-, that's what the movie's about. Like, I don't know. Did you see on my Instagram when I was like, go watch Quest Love's Instagram stories after the Oscars? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, my God. Okay, so it actually, like to our point, like it brought so much, I'm like, this is what we should have been talking about and watching. Like he won after that slap, his speech was like so amazing. He was obviously flustered and didn't expect to win, but like he was so sweet. But then after he won, he did like from the second he got off the stage, like when he took his Oscar to the back to have them like put the plaque on it with his name and everything, like he started an Instagram story and it was like him getting it done with like Billie Eilish and Phineas were beside him and they were all chatting. And then it was like, after the show, going to the vanity fair party, then going to Jay-Z's after party, DJing there, all of the celebrities in there. And then he got on a plane and went back to New York to do the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon. Cause he's like the lead of the band there. And then they were all, they had like champagne and the audience all were like celebrating him. And I was like, this is such a joyous, Instagram stories to watch and like this is what we should be highlighting and instead it's like all being you know ignored because of the slap the slap heard around the world or whatever they call it exactly exactly and you know I I really needed this week because at first I was kind of like at first I was shocked I mean also just like me and violence on tv like I'm very like oh like I don't know it, it, unset- it unsettles me um and so I saw it and I was shocked. And then I was like, okay, actually, you know what? I get it. He's defending his family. But then I was like, okay, but you know what? Venus and Serena are sitting there. It's not about them. And they're having to control their reactions to things. Like mm-hmm. they're having to control, you know, their moment being taken away from them. And I don't know if you saw, there was a recent award show where there was some actress that got up. She won best actress or she won. Oh, it was Joan, whatever, the power of the dog director who was like, made the comment about Venus and Serena and how they didn't have to play against men. Disgusting. She was like, ha ha, like, guess what, Venus and Serena? Yeah, I, I, I had to compete against men, which you never did. Ha ha ha. And I was like, oh, I was so appalled by that. But they had to sit Mm -hmm. there and like, obviously they're super uncomfortable, but had to smile. Smile and nod. Smile and nod. And then, so that moment was just, so grossly put on them and now it's kind of taken away from them and I'm like and after all the bullshit that they've overcome in their career and and you know I mean there's only like so much that can happen even if you're a peaceful person where like there's only so much that can happen to you where you're just like gonna want to snap at certain points like even if you don't you keep it together and yet here's Will Smith I mean well clearly something was building up for him (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I was having dinner with a publicist friend of mine who like, you know, knows some people that work with his team and things like that last night. And she basically said that, listen, they've been having to deal. It's, it's difficult. And I think she actually explained it quite well because there's sort of two sides of the sword here. Number one is like, there is this level of understanding of like 
this is a person that's had to sit and endure all of this commentary on his life. A lot of it, not positive. A lot of it self-inflicted with like them being open and honest and transparent about things, but it's like, they've had to endure a lot of it, do a lot of that smiling and nodding. And he kind of snapped, but on the other side of that sword, it's very difficult because it's like, you also brought a lot of that commentary or conversation to the table, literally to the red table or literally in your memoir, talking about it on a book tour. So it's like hard in the one sense, like, and I'll use the example that I used with her last night too. I'm like, it's like the Kylie Jenner, Wolf Webster thing. Like she shares the name Wolf Webster on her (laughs) Instagram story. She then says that it's not they changed the name because hey it guys, didn't fit with the kid. I've noticed a lot like, of you are, I noticed a lot of you are saying wolf all the time. And obviously that's not his name. Like, what? Right. <laughs> and then it's like, she doesn't tell us the name and people are like, well, we're not entitled to know her, the name and da-da-da. I'm like, sure, fair. But her sharing those like things leading up to it, she's conditioned us to expect her to tell us the name. And that's yeah. kind of what happened here. It's like, will, how can you sit there and not? And again, I know that it was about alopecia now and like that should have never been made the joke should have never been made etc but it's like if people didn't know how can you expect people to possibly not poke fun at you given that you've been so open and transparent about things but I also see like he reached a boiling point and he snapped yeah and he should not have snapped in the way that he did and physically you know hurt assault somebody let's say but he snapped and we watched it happen in real time. Yeah, I mean, we did. We sure did. And and there was no doubt in my mind that it was real um, from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Like, like, PR stunts are a big debacle, but that awkward silence, that's real. That is, you you would not orchestrate something where people are just like, uh, uh, what? Uh, like, Chris, exactly. Chris Rock barely being able to string a sentence together and like saying some awkward joke and then panning away, that's, painfully real (laughs) right and like in this cultural climate I am sorry you will never I would be shocked if two black men decided to make a joke around violence on a public stage like that for all people to see there would never be a world where they would agree to do that for the bit I just (laughs) I refuse to believe that absolutely not like there's no the oscars is not trying to court negative controversy like no or condone violence for the sake of a joke again in this climate hell no no and and yeah it's so interesting also because you know we're also in a society where it's like everyone is also obsessed with policing the emotional reactions of people Mm -hmm. of color like that's something that people are just waiting to do like people are waiting to have this moment where their racism can be acceptable and they can just like put a thin cloak around and be like, oh yeah, Will Smith, like violent criminal. Take his Oscar away. And it's like, again, I had people I posted about, I had people commenting on my thing, white people, let's just be clear, being like, take his Oscar away. I'm like, Google Harvey Weinstein, Google Roman Polanski. Woody Allen's, like, yeah, yeah, Roman Polanski. Like, take basically everyone's Oscar away. Like, if you're gonna- right like let's just call the whole thing off (laughs) yeah seriously well I mean I'm kind of and that's in the bigger picture I am a bit ready for there to be less award shows like it's just you know the the pandemic has really made it seem just even more hollow than it kind of was to me I know uh, like there's like one every two weeks it feels and it's just 
Hollywood congratulating themselves and giving themselves like a pat on the back. And it's like, who is this for? Is this for us? Cause I don't mm-hmm. think we care that much anymore. I mean, we do. Well, I'm so curious. I'm like, you know, we were kind of talking about it. Like, do you think that there's still relevance here? You know, like that's a good question. I mean, unless there's like a huge, crazy moment like this, or, you know, when they announced the wrong winner a few years ago, like stuff like mm-hmm. that, unless there's that no one, like no one cares to watch the whole thing through in the same numbers that it used to be. Like, I know. I just remember growing up and staying up late. I mean, I've always been pop culture obsessed. So I remember staying up late for like all the big, you know, Oscars, Grammys, like Teen Choice Awards. And I would watch MTV Awards were my life. (laughs) They were incredible. And speaking of stunts, I mean, they were kind of known for like big stunts, Mm -hmm. big, crazy moments happening you know, all like, it was just a wild lawless. <laughs> oh my God. Did show. you see that clip that was circulating? Like Jim Carrey came out and was talking about yes. what Will Smith did being like appalling. And then I think it was the MTV awards or something like that, where like, um, he walked up and makes out with Alicia Silverstone to accept his award. And I'm just like, Oh brother, like again, Let's all just stop. Like Daniel Radcliffe said it best when he's like, I'm tired of hearing other people's opinions about it. Like, why would I share mine? Like, I'm tired. I'm like, it's true. Yeah. I can't be wrong there, bud. (laughs) No, and totally. And it's like, yeah, for me, I will always, you know, be fascinated by these topics. And yet, yeah, it's exhausting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It really is. I mean, the media cycle is so fast and people move so quickly. Like as soon as Jim Carrey was like, this is ridiculous, this is disgusting. Like people were like, well, interestingly enough, we have some receipts. Yeah. Like apparently, roll that should, tape. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's okay to assault someone uh, when you win an award, and right? everyone's just applauding. Not that like, I know times were different, but it was that was never. I know. Okay. Never okay. And again, it is weird to think about like how it's not that long ago. Like, I don't know. It's just it's a lot. Well, my thing is but, like, I mean, any movie basically made before like 2015 <laughs> probably hasn't aged well, you know, like, oh God, I know about five minutes ago, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that it was, was fine whole- until like we started this podcast and shit's hit the fan again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, at this, it's like, while everyone is getting exhausted, it's like, it is something though, that people will be still talking about and writing think piece about and like in preparation for the officers next year or like anything will smith does mm-hmm. moving forward it'll be part of it like it it makes its way into kind of like lore you know oh it's going to be a part of a, him until like literally until let's say you know he retires or whatever or until something else happens. And like, again, we can use the example of like Moonlight um, versus La La Land thing. You know, now everyone's like, oh, the slap has now replaced that. And like, mm-hmm. we've talked about that since it's happened every single Oscars year. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about Will resigning from the Academy? I mean, I think it was just like his way of, you know, trying to deal with the backlash and trying to, you know, maybe put his tail between his legs and be like, yep, yep, I'm sorry. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know who's on this, who's part of the Academy. I want the whole thing disbanded and remade because they're like, <laughs> it, like, it seems like they're trying to tinker with it a bit. They're like, we've improved it. Now it's not just like 
old white men like right <laughs> making like outdated decisions on who's winner but I'm like look we have women hosts <laughs> yeah look three of them like three. But, it, but yeah based on the winners or maybe I guess I'm also like my I it's hard to not like mix it up with the Grammys but for both of them I'm like I want a full shakeup. like let's just yeah kind of like redo the whole thing I don't know I'm sure there's like so much tradition and so much like stuffiness and red tape and everything but I'm like we're looking at it from the outside and it really just seems like this very old school thing that's just not with the times. And so I know, but you know, what's so interesting. It's like, I've now noticed, obviously there's like E and, you know, ABC and all of these like media outlets on the red carpet, but even now like TikTok has a red carpet show, you know, and they go live and they have TikTokers who are hosting and the microphone has a little TikTok thing on it. I'm like, is there a world where like TikTok just ends up doing its own award show? Like it's kind of becoming its own network, you know, like it's really interesting how the potential of how things can shift um, and shift really quickly is like, there is such a huge potential for a world where that exists. Oh my God. I, it's so true. Cause I, I mean, I've spent two years now trying to get my peers on the TikTok train and I'm like, mm-hmm. guys, it's not just teens dancing. Like I promise you just have to power through the algorithm for like a week or two <laughs> and then it'll get to the good stuff. Like you just have to stick yep. it through. And they're like, what are you 14? Like this was like 2020. <laughs> like, I don't I'm like, care. I'm like, no. <laughs> okay. This is the best part of the internet right now. You don't understand. And like all of a sudden now people are realizing kind of recently it feels like, oh, you know, now the top 40 is like largely influenced by TikTok music. Mm-hmm movies like it really is having its moment where people are like oh this is here to stay for now and is really changing things up you are kind of your authentic self or that's what does well more than other platforms and that's what people want right now they don't want this like just polished you know there was a backlash curated yeah yeah, and just people asking women about their dresses and what they're wearing there was that backlash but people it's like no we want more like we want like just a real conversation between people. I am so myself on like that platform and on Instagram, like pretty much everywhere, but I really started with it on TikTok. And it was so funny because like, I'll have my coworkers write me and they're like, oh my God, you're on my FYP. And I'm like, that's not for you. Like nobody's supposed to know about this. And I'm like, you have like 80,000 followers. Like, (laughs) how did you think nobody would know about this? You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I didn't know anyone could see that. (laughs) Oh my God. I literally like the only way that I'm able to make TikToks is pretending that no one I know will ever see them like exactly I know I wanted to block all my friends and family when I first went on it and like (laughs) so okay so I want to go back to the Oscars quickly because there Mm -hmm. wasn't just there wasn't just the slap like capital T capital no so much more happened (laughs) um yeah I mean well Beyonce opened up the show like I know where is that being talked about anywhere truly nobody is talking about it it was huge beautiful number making I that, literally that, what's that color that lime like tennis, chartreuse almost making chartreuse look better than it's ever looked yeah <laughs> like it was just uh so incredible and I was just like I tweeted I was like oh Beyonce's given us a halftime show before the like performance before the Oscars cool because that's what it was <laughs> part of me it was like did this movie just exist as of tonight like I'm like where I don't even think people were talking about it a ton before. I mean, I know it was around, but not really, but I sort of feel like it was just put in like, and and they were like, yep, this has been around for a year and 
here and like here we I'm go like, I'm like Beyonce and like all like it's all we can talk about in the news I'm like this is I mean I know I would be so curious to know how many people like watched it since the Oscars because I bet that has had an uptick well if Julia Fox just saying the words uncut gems can make the movie uncut gems like get this like resurgence and watch it I know this movie is also having a moment for sure oh Julia Fox Julia Fox let's talk about her let's talk about it (laughs) (laughs) I have a yeah I have a I have a a problem and my problem is talking actually both like Charles Gross and Julia Fox (laughs) yes love it love it yeah 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 It's my first book. I'm like, oh my God. What do, you, what do you think about her? Okay. This is the thing. I had this like very quick, um, like hockey stick chart of her in the sense of like, at first I was like, what the hell is going on? And then I was like, brilliant. I want to see what she does with this newfound fame and how she sort of, you know, like extends her 15 minutes of sorts. And we're already seeing it now. Like why was she invited to the Vanity Fair party? Why? Like, again, it was no, there's no other reason other than like Kanye bringing her into this like mainstream pop culture focus. And so she's getting a book deal. She's doing all these things. And it's like, I just want to see her ride it out. Cause I'm fascinated by her. But again, like I had, I was on another podcast um, with Ryan Bailey and he was like, but like, why are you rooting for her? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just curious. Like I'm fascinated by the trajectory of how quickly she like came onto the scene with Kanye and like how she can extend and parlay that into something in like post Kanye world. Yeah. I, I mean, I think she's camp, you know, I think yeah. she's iconic. Like, I just think she's hilarious. I think she's trolling us and she just, she knows how to create a moment. And it reminds me of how people talk about the Kardashians where it's like, oh, they're famous for nothing. Like Julia Fox is famous for nothing and they don't do anything and they have no talent, whatever. But it's like, do you know how many people are trying to be famous for doing nothing? And yeah, it's not like you can't just create a moment that everyone talks about or else everyone would be doing that. Exactly. There is something about Julia. And again, something people can have an opinion on, they can like or dislike, but you cannot deny that there's a reason why people are still, like you said, taking sound bites and memeing her and, you know, will likely read her book will probably be a New York times bestseller, even though a ton of that shit is fake, but like, you know, it's going to (laughs) happen. But she, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I see her as a performance artist and that's not just because she literally is a performance artist. Like she, I I, kind of did some research on her for a video and like, you know, she did this like art exhibition Mm -hmm. with her own blood and like, I mean, in Montreal, that's kind of just a Tuesday, you know, right? Like, very like normal for this. Like, and weird... didn't she like move to Louisiana or something? She like moved into the country and then came yeah. back to New York. Like, yeah. she's and had when... a very fascinating past. Well, yeah, and she, yeah, she had a problem with heroin, and she's in, mm-hmm. she's in recovery, and yeah, part of one of her performance art pieces was when she was in Louisiana and it was like drinking milk directly from like a cow's udder. Oh my she God. And she also did like a photography series at that same time with sort of addicts. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's where she started talking about her own addiction and then sobriety. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, I guess, so if you've spent time in Montreal, you know, like this city's all about like weird art mm-hmm. and everyone just like leaning into that heavily. So in that context, like knowing people that are like, this is my life, this is my performance. Like, this is my crap. I'm like, it's it makes sense like I could see this whole thing just being this like long-term 
performance project for her or her personality or a mix of both you know I mean how she was calling interview mag and she was like every week I'm going to call you and give you an update on like my dates with Kanye like she truly knows how to tell a story so I mean I'm very intrigued for her book I wonder if they're gonna you know give her some type of like series deal or something like that like it could be interesting oh we'll see yeah yeah there's not that many people that can say you know a brief little soundbite and it's it's like it it plays in my head it lives in my head right now I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote uncut jazz <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then now there's like the yeah 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 <laughs> like yeah yeah I I yeah I need to I think my friends are like they're like please stop <laughs> I can't respond in a normal way I can't just like say yes like I'm like yeah yeah but yeah. I but yeah and, and her just you saying out, so much like her. it's because I've done it so much I have a problem <laughs> perfected <laughs> your craft um but I <laughs> when she when she unapologetically said that she'll never stop dating billionaires I was like that's icon behavior you know what yeah fair <laughs> a lot of people are thinking that and want to be sugar babies like no problem with that but like she's open about it exactly I, I can't falter for that you want to talk about et's red carpet lauren zima had a tough sunday <laughs> she is <laughs> she had to hit the bar after i'm sure like I for sure <laughs> well first it was like more on the lighter side yeah angus cloud i was just laughing my ass off because i've literally been that person either when I'm just like exhausted sometimes I have a very like I like love talking to people but I I'll run out of social batteries like easily enough and I just need to like go home be under my weighted blanket mm-hmm. watching tv in my yeah so uh, when I get to that point sometimes I just don't know how to form words and like and then I catch myself doing that and then it just gets like work I like tumble into a little hole <laughs> so, like for me if I had been doing interviews from like early morning to late night maybe smoke a joint or something in between Mm-hmm. I would be worse than that. And that looks just looks to me like that's what happened with him. <laughs> you just like with Angus, it was literally like we were again, like, I don't want to compare it to like the Will Smith situation, but like where Will Smith just snapped. It was like Angus, just like we watched him shut down in real time. <laughs> dissociated. I, I forget like the question that she asked. And he was like, no, thank you. And I'm like, what's <laughs> Like, I think she was just asking about the night. Like, what did you think? And are you excited about whatever? He's just like, he's like, I don't, uh, like, yeah. Like, you know, I feel like there's like all those memes where it's like when the edible hits and stuff. And it's like, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, my friend sent it to me. She's like, is this pills? Is this whatever? And I'm like, look, I don't know. And honestly, but I don't, I don't know, but I don't think it's that deep. I just really think that. For someone like him, he's been trying to be an actor for a long time, but this is still his first big role. So he's wrestling with massive fame. Everyone's thirsting after him, me included. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, all of us. Yeah. No, yeah. He's dealing with this like zero to a hundred growth. And it's just like, not again. I like cannot believe that we see these things happening in real time. Like we literally watched him shut down in real time, but like at least this we can laugh at because it was like lighthearted. <laughs> and yeah, and to me, I'm like relatable, like so relatable. I, I, yeah, doing press for you know whatever twelve hours or for this you know eighteenth day in a row or whatever it is. I don't know how anyone does it, but he seems to be like your average how your average person would cope with it and being you know, a waiter to now 
the it guy of the I know. It's yeah. crazy. And he's not a bad person. My friend's um wife styles him. Like he's a good, like he's a good kid. He's just like, he just, you know, he's a real person that's like now fallen into this sort of like extreme fame very quickly. And yeah, I, I think he was just like, he got stoned and he just stopped yeah. caring. Just I, again, like, I don't think it's that deep. It's like, <sighs> yeah, it's like the millennial, like I can't adult today. Like he just like yes. <laughs> hit yes. a wall, could not adult anymore. And like he, he put in, he put his boundaries in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the boundaries <laughs> happening mid interview. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oh my God. So that was one of Lauren Zima's better moments on the, on, the, on the red Jeez. carpet. Uh, one of her not so great moments, Tiffy Haddish, who, uh, how are we? What are oh my God. <laughs> that just like, made me cringe, but I will say Lauren handled that so well. So for context, she asked, like, she said to Tiffany Haddish, oh, you did like a costume change. Who are you wearing or something like that? She called her dress a costume. And she's like, no, this is like my outfit. It's couture. It's Dolce and Gabbana. I paid for it. Like, da, 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 da. And she's like, can you afford something like this? Or again, something of that nature. And Oh, Lauren was just said like, that. I didn't realize she said that after that, like, oh, like she kind of like went on and on. Yeah. Or th- I don't know if she said, can you afford, oh, but she's oh, like, who are you wearing or something oh, like yeah. that? She said, this is what wealth looks like. This is what yes. fame and success looks like. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. And so like, I thought Lauren handled that incredibly well, how she sort of just like took the dive, like physically, you know, she was like, oh, like I'm cringing, but she also was just like, I'm going to let this woman drag me. I was so impressed as much as I like was cringing, felt bad for her, like loved Tiffany going there because why the hell not? Like, you know, you've earned this place, like call it like it is. Like, I think she handled it so well. And I feel like even in that clip, you saw Tiffany like come back around to being nicer to her at the end because she just like went with it. I really, really was like, that was tough. And she handled it well. Yeah, totally. And like, I always... I always imagine how I would deal with these situations. I mean, I'm not built for celebrity. I know, I'm like, like crying. I can... I'd start yeah. crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, the, yeah, no. The 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 red carpet meltdowns would happen. Like it it wouldn't it wouldn't be cute. But like, no. but you know, like there's those like compilations on YouTube of like interview fails, and often they're like, "Hey, this is my eighth interview for today. Sorry, I don't have a lot of energy, whatever." And it's hard to like have perspective on. You know, we can't imagine truly what it's like to live that life. But no, I found Tiffany Ash's actually reaction kind of relatable because like how many stupid questions she must be asked. It's like unfathomable exactly. interviewers and answering the same question over and over and over. So I feel like it is just life where it is this little thing that, that you is finally like the breaking point. It's yeah. kind of like a nothing thing. When- like by the time you get to the Oscars red carpet, how tired these celebrities must be. And it actually reminds me of an example with like Robert Pattinson. I saw this on Hollywood Reporter. He was doing all of the press for the Batman. And there was this one video where he's like, someone asks him a question and he was like, oh damn, like this is like a new question. He's like, I can't give like a canned response. He's like, now I have to think. And it's like, they're so used to being asked the same questions. They just have the same answers. And again, it's all canned. And he was like, crap, now I have to actually like think. And I'm not used to that. He was a good sport about it. But like, imagine 
how many times they're, they're asked the same stupid question and being yeah. given, like asked to give a stupid answer. <laughs> well, I'm just actually, I'm having a moment of being like, cause I've worked a lot of customer service and you kind of have the same conversation over and over, mm-hmm. but then again, you're, you don't have a camera on you. And there's so many moments in customer service or whatever, waitressing, all those types of jobs where you turn, you just like major eye roll and you're like, oh my God, but you do it to yourself privately. But yet there would be another camera facing you catching that mode. Exactly. Like, hot on camera, hot mic, you know, like, so and then that becomes the story. Yeah. And that, and then, and then, yeah. And if you're, you know, losing favor with people or whatever, if the wind blows a certain way now, suddenly, oh, people are like, oh, are they difficult? Oh, should we go back and find a compilation of like all the moments they've done this? You know, it's, I know. it's a tricky, it's like walking a tightrope. Oh, it's so hard. Like again, I, for work, I'll do like one press interview over zoom or like speak on one panel or at one conference. And I'm like exhausted. So I cannot imagine doing it for like months and months and months on this circuit. Like it's too much. Well, yeah. I mean, just like you doing e stuff and doing like that is already just, I don't know. It's a level of professionalism that is, it's very admirable to me. And I still like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I'm a delicate little flower. I'm like, I don't know. You know what? I don't know what it is. Again, like it's this like Leo thing. Like, I don't know what it is about me. Everyone's like, oh my God, how was that? Was it like amazing? Blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. But I'm like, it also just comes very naturally to me, like probably more natural than anything. Like there were some days with the E thing that like, I didn't even get briefed on the script. I would just like show up and we'd just go like line by line. But I'm like, I can talk about this because I know what's going on. And I'm like, it was just like, it was very natural for me. So I think that is a definite advantage that I want to highlight. Well, and to take it to, you know, the bigger picture, I think you're exactly where you're meant to be. So you can get into that flow state. Thanks. Oh my God. Like, do you watch the bachelor? I have not watched. I will watch this new duo bachelorette thing just because there's two of them, but I haven't watched it since like Katie. And I think I fell off during Katie's season. And then that's when I've been out. So same. Same Katie. Yeah. yeah. Katie was not my bachelorette, not my president. <laughs> no, no. So I, I kind of like it. couldn't get into it. And then I just like stopped, but I think I'll try to watch this one with the two of them. I'm curious to see how they do it. Yeah. I'd like to get back into it. Like I, I can't handle when they put just like one more mediocre, like Southern bro, who like, I know. Can't, you know, has like four words in his vocabulary. Like I just, I can't do it again. I, I I've given so many hours of my life to the show. It- <laughs> right. It's like, so like I watched it from the beginning, from like when it was one? like a millionaire. Yeah. It was like about like a rich single entrepreneur <gasps> guy. And like, I've literally been there from the beginning. Oh so, my God. I'm you got to hang your hat up at some time. Oh, well then in that case, yeah, I'm a fair weather bachelor. I think I've been watching, I don't know, season 12 or. Yeah, no, I was committed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did go, uh, into the deep end. I have, when I'm in it, I have a bachelor fantasy football, like a fantasy league. Yeah. 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 I have a bachelor group. Is it on that website where they do like like, batch bracket or something? Yes. Yes. (laughs) are we okay we have to no. get <laughs> but that's okay it's okay <laughs> oh my god no but also like whatever like is it any 
like it's totally normal to do this for a bunch of like random athletes that are like mm-hmm. for, like okay I'm biased I'm not into sports but like when they're like the Ohio whatever I'm like none of those people are from Ohio and they change them out I, I don't get it like but right. whatever, like, it's exciting it's cool like live your life but for me I'm like I'm fascinated by these public figures you by these people they're getting a ball from one side of a field to another mine are like throwing glasses at each other exactly (laughs) like that's like everybody there's something for everybody okay yeah I love that I just want to live a life of peace this gives me the batch bracket oh my god (laughs) I always say that like liking the bachelor franchise is like doing a deal with the devil because you give yourself over to three seasons a year it's punishing it's like and like two hours of your week sometimes more like it's just to them teasing a moment and then going through the two hours and being like oh and they didn't even air it this episode I know it's like to be continued next episode like to be continued is like a pet peeve of mine on bravo on everything like to be continued, I'm just like, why you got to do me that way? <laughs> it's like, if guess what? If it's the same, if it's not the season finale, it is to be continued. Yes. <laughs> By default. Right. So we know that. So just show us the clip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of to be continued, yeah, Summer and, House. <laughs> and, and part of me feels a little selfish because this isn't a Bravo podcast. I've pulled people on Instagram and they're like sort of lukewarm on Summer House. And I'm like, at this point, let me have this because- this is to me the best show currently on TV. Um, Agreed. First it, of all, I don't know how anybody is lukewarm on Summer House. Please send them my wave because I'm like, this is the best Bravo show right now. Like Vanderpump's not giving us anything. Housewives are just like all, I feel like cut from the same cloth. And I'm just like, this is the outlier of like, beautiful Bravo television. <laughs> do you want to laugh, cry, watch beautiful people like partying in the sunshine, like, and then having the wildest fights but they're genuine best friends year round Mm -hmm. does that not interest you that doesn't interest you like what the hell is wrong with you (laughs) maybe take a look at yourself or listen on and then tune in (laughs) this episode I mean every single week I I think it cannot get better like I don't want to go back because I'm sure you've talked about this but like we have like hubs house birthday you know like Lindsay's birthday austin there the shit he pulled with sierra actually it's a good context setting i guess but like the shit he pulled with Lindsay and sierra just that whole birthday in its entirety was wild and then how it's now like manifested in this blow up between sierra and danielle in this episode literally while andrea is like bawling his eyes out because he misses his ex-girlfriend at home you have, and I'm just like, you have a tablescape of like handmade pasta that this like beautiful italian man has put together and then he's weeping about love and like still weeping the entire fight and then just like and like weeping between um craig and Paige, mind you like <laughs> And they're the ones consoling him. And also speaking of pasta, when all of that shit happened, you know where I would be? I would be at that table, literally eating everybody. <laughs> I'd be like shielding the pasta from the broken glass. Being like, protect I know. this food. Like we haven't even like, taken a two bites because we opened this with a icebreaker and you turn that icebreaker into like this horrific brawl. Like a I know. one of the worst physical fights I think that's happened on, on TV. I mean, to throw, I'm still confused. Sorry, go ahead. Well, just so yeah, I, I I was saying this before to you off mic, but like 
this is how I know that this is like this confirms my thesis that reality TV is sports. Um, but yes, because like we it. had to, we had to watch a slow-mo replay to figure out what mm-hmm. happened because it happened so exactly. fast, but Sierra threw wine at her and then threw a glass shortly after at her chest at Danielle's yes. chest. And Danielle actually in interviews later said she didn't even remember that she was blacked out basically after the right. wine was thrown, which yeah. How would you totally make sense? Like you're like processing shock. So that makes sense that you would black out in that regard. And I think what's so crazy is like, there's like a few things happening here that were so interesting to me. Like why Paige was like, you know, beefing up Sierra to confront them. Like, I, Paige I don't know if- in that moment. She was I know. smiling. I was like, I know you, you fan the flames, you spread, you got everyone in on it. You stoked Sierra up. was like, let her know how you feel. And then you're sitting there to, to be smiling devilishly at people like screaming and being so mm-hmm. upset. I'm like, that's so But twisted. what I'm curious, I'm like, what are we missing? And I know on like, we have like watch what happens live here. I don't know if that you can get it on Hey You in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we have like Watch What Happens Live and it played out after. And I think it was Paige and Craig on it. And like Craig kind of explained it a little bit and alluded to it. He's like, Lindsay was in um, Vermont with like Sierra and Austin and like they were dating. And Craig's like, Sierra came to South Carolina. Craig or Austin like went to New York. Like they were like a thing. And so that's where I guess Sierra has such an is- issue with Lindsay specifically. Like, Austin, she's like hurt by, but with Lindsay, she's like, why are you like getting involved in this shit? But you know, Lindsay kind of has her own, like she's doing her like hubs girl summer or whatever. And she's just like, I don't care what anybody thinks about anything that I do and yada, yada, yada. But I'm just so curious why like Sierra chose to do that with the group. Yeah. Maybe it was like the only place she could get her. I mean, I wonder too, and it's interesting, like the, in the context of this, I think about how for Sierra and Lindsay, we know from the show, they've talked about, they both have very intense abandonment issues Mm -hmm. from their childhood. And so they both have that like deep trauma within them that clearly seems kind of pretty unresolved for both of them. And so Austin, the scum, scum of the earth, Austin is setting that off for both of them. Like he's playing both of them and kind of like love them and leave them. And mm-hmm. I hate that that's the world we live in, that we have Austin standing there to like Sierra and Bikini be like, I don't know, like, whatever. Yeah, there's no hot girls here. There's like no girls and like, you're kind of hot, but like, I don't want it. You Like just, just being whatever, the, the worst of the worst. Yeah, the um, ultimate fuck boy. But still like Sierra's still young. You know, she is, what? She's only like, what, 25? 25? Yeah. It's still young. She is, I don't know. It. It's like, but, and Lindsay's, not you know she's 10 years older but she still can be quite <laughs> immature I, I love know. Lindsay, but she can be very unreasonable and both of them are just not in a rational state of mind I would say mm-hmm. and Danielle just like I don't know was I love how loyal Danielle is loyal AF yeah especially to Lindsay and like for her to sit there and defend her friend like again can you walk me through like I'm I can't even remember what Danielle was saying, but basically she Sierra said, was- shut the fuck up. Like she just said like, shut up. And Sierra was like, no, I won't. And that's when she stood up. She's like, no, like shut, like literally, literally 
the reason why I think you won't remember is because well, I've I'm because I'm unwell. I've watched it <laughs> so many times over. But it was like it was like a split second of Danielle basically saying two quick lines, being like, "Basically, shut up!" Like mm-hmm. you've been for five minutes gone this diatribe of talking about what a horrible person Lindsay is, which is completely like to say someone is a horrible character and everyone knows it is like, "Ooh, that's it's gonna get." I know. Up. And then Danielle's like, okay, enough. Like, and you could see her like clenching her jaw, you know, starting to get angry and see red. And then she just was like, and then all of this like moment building up just somehow landed on Danielle, which is like pretty. I know. And then I also was upset. Like, again, I don't know who's right and wrong in this situation. I'm not there. I can't like make, again, I think I'm also just so confused. I can't like, like Austin (laughs) is wrong but you have these women going at each other and then everybody is like going and checking on Sierra and nobody's checking on Danielle. And I feel so bad about that situation. And like, I understand that there is this sense of divide in the house. Um, but I just like, it was just crazy to me and it like, doesn't help anybody. (laughs) You know, what's the craziest part to me is that in the aftermath of this, I don't like Craig, but why is Craig the only one making sense i mean like hey guys it's really shitty what austin did what? right he was why is craig one? the voice of reason craig craig everyone's like, everyone's like it's this woman or that one i'm like both of you are beautiful and don't deserve this yes. frog of a man like and it, he is he did cause this and like sure like they both could have whatever like reacted different whatever but he was the one who fully like created this whole storm in the first place. Exactly. And then why is his best friend, who's also like a douche, being like, hey guys, he really messed this up. Like, why is What's Craig happening? the voice of reason? <laughs> and like, how is he the only one making logical sense? And again, to our point, being like, why are you going after each other? Like, this is Austin's doing. And he even went on to say like, you know, even after he, Austin slammed the door in Paige's face, then this should happen. Craig was like, I haven't talked to Austin. I didn't talk to Austin for like months after that happened. Oh, wow. And I'm like, how is Craig like the most mature voice here? Or maybe like, or like yeah. Luke comforting Andrea. I'm like, how is Luke like the gentle <laughs> Minnesotan coming through? <laughs> Remember when we all used to think Luke was like a, the biggest fuck boy. And then it's like, turns out he's just, well, like I did at least for a little while. Yeah. And then Austin was like, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, but also the last season or two, I'm like, Luke is just a very genuine guy from Minnesota. It was like, I love fire. God, I just love fire. So much. fire. So beautiful. Yeah. like you see, you're like, actually you're very, you're a pure, very pure, like little innocent Minnesota. I know. Boy and it's core. just like, I feel like I said this on another podcast. I'll say it again. Like no disrespect to Hannah, but I feel like her leaving the show really helped these other characters like blossom, you know? I I found it really just like, just repulsive, like the things that she said about Luke um, and and just basically all the things that she did and said on different podcasts and whatever in press about her castmates and then was completely unapologetic. And I Mm -hmm. think that we all have those moments. It was a really intense season filmed in quarantine if she had just been like, wow, guys, like I was really feeling off. I'm really like, that was a crazy time for me in my life. Like, I'm sorry. I think she could have redeemed herself. Like, look at the boys and what they've done, like Carl and, and Kyle and everything. They've been just as, 
you know, just as shitty, but because she just, I know herself deeper, it's having deeper. some accountability. Yeah, yeah. She has no accountability. I just feel like her coming out of that house, everybody is lighter. There's more fun in the house. Like yeah. sure. There's all this drama happening, but like, even from a communication perspective, people are like more open and receptive to communicating. Whereas I thought with her, a lot of the times, like her communicating was like almost like forced or even fake a little bit. And like, again, I just felt like it was always self-serving and not for the greater growth of the group. Yeah. And it's funny, Hannah actually kind of made me realize, um, where we're kind of at as a society where like she, (laughs) I learned some things where basically she just, she was labeling everything as toxic and everyone is toxic and just kind of using these words. I was like, I started noticing it more just like in social media in general and on TV. And I was like, I think we've gotten to a point where like first, okay, we're trying to destigmatize mental health. Great. Love it. But then it's like, but you know what? Everything that you don't like is not narcissistic, toxic. Like I don't think people just even need to be labeled as toxic as like a full human being. Like we, I don't know. We're also so quick to throw out the word gaslighting now. Gaslighting, that's That's like happening so much. Like anxiety, everyone, everyone, everything gives everyone anxiety. And it's like, if it does fair, but like we're overusing that term. And like you said, it's like, there's destigmatizing mental health and mental well-being, but then there's also just like labeling. And I think that we, there's a difference between the two, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And when I saw her just basically like anyone trying to hold her accountable to any of her like actions and her being like, you're gaslighting me, you're a narcissist, you're a psychopath. I was like, oh my God, actually, I I was like, am I doing that at all? Like, it just, it made Mm -hmm. me reflect on like, just the way I use that terminology and and around me. And I've really tried to like, I don't know, it's kind of scale it back or like notice it from. I know I try really hard as well. Like I don't use the word like anxiety unless I'm actually saying, you know, X, Y, or Z made me feel anxious, but like, I don't do any funny, like self-deprecating jokes around anxiety or anything anymore. Just cause like, it can be so sensitive. And I feel like we were using certain words much too loosely. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, for totally. And it, it's, it's always a fine line. Cause for me, like, you know, me and mental health issues go hand in hand. Like we were, just, we were joking on the page. Right. We were joking. Thick as thieves. Yeah, thick as thieves. Yeah, we were joking on the Patreon. We may as well be sponsored by like our meds. Like we're just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, sponsored by Ciprolax. Yeah, yeah, making uh making this whole thing go round. Well, Butrin, shout out. Hey, um, but like, <laughs> but like, so it is like nice to employ humor, but at the same mm-hmm. time, yeah, it can go so far into being like kind of like a crutch or like this device where it's like you're making people are people like you know I mean maybe she's changed I haven't really kept up but Hannah in season five kind of making it this sort of like part of her like bit and her personality where it's like okay you're you're kind of yeah lose its any meaning it's like victim it's like victimization of herself but that's when I that's what I also mean is like when she would come back to the group and like I think she like apologized to Kyle in one situation or even Luke and like she comes back and she's crying and it's da 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 and it's like she it oftentimes fell flat for me because it's like she also would kind of be in her like interviews being like I'm gonna apologize like I don't really mean it and whatever but then you like see her crying and it's like well are you being sincere are you being fake like it's because she said I look up to you like and you're the man first of all not real and then later she's like because you're so abusive and I just had to tell you what you wanted to hear I was like like Mm -hmm. 
you yeah, know stop you, like kim there's people are dying like there's <laughs> people that with real problems you can't just be like call like kyle's no angel i know at all but like to to act like he's like holding you hostage it yeah it's out of control and now <laughs> i'm very interested to see the wedding we're seeing a lot i of, know in terms of like the vanderpump where it's feeling a little bit like britney and jacks to me a mm-hmm. little bit in this moment um, yeah or, or or more like sorry no it's feeling a bit like tom and katie a little bit before their wedding with all the meltdowns and all the tears and I'm like i i've not been married and i know wedding planning is stressful but i also i know don't, i don't know i don't want to like look i mean if if my whole life and all my dysfunctional relationships were recorded whew, it would i know we do not know the inner outer workings of their relationship but like again watch what watch. happens live like sierra said you know um Andy asked her, like, if you were Amanda, would you have married Craig? And she said no. So, or married like, Kyle? Kyle, sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't have either. No. And, and I know, I mean, it's kind of like you want the best for these people. And I love Amanda. So I just, I guess I just feel I know. over her. I know. And she's so sweet. And like, you know, people, people like, people have been coming really hard for her on this season and saying she's like lazy and stuff. I'm like, she seems like she just needs downtime which Kyle doesn't and then sometimes she just seems like she's depressed and like <laughs> just needs to like- I know like is she lazy because she doesn't want to go out until two o'clock in the morning or like how are we seeing her being lazy I'm very confused like if we're comparing it to other people because she's not work hard play hard like <laughs> Kyle is on a level that very few people are. I know I could not keep up with Kyle. Absolutely not. No, he's at level a thousand about everything he does. And Mm -hmm. I mean, even I think about even how they go from right from the work week to partying all weekend. Like I would no, I no, (laughs) I would not be able to keep up with. I I like a good party. Like I'm not, but to keep up with that, that's their downtime. That's their weekend. I know. Then you spend the whole week recovering. Like again, my girlfriend and I went out for dinner last night and like, we were both like, this is amazing. Cause we're going to be home by eight 30, nine o'clock. Da, da. And I was like, this is what a weekend should be is like, I don't want to be hung over on Saturday and wake up and start drinking and shampoo effect into Sunday and then drive home for two hours. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I like, and now for me, because it's been so long of like not really having a lot of like parties and social, mm-hmm. it's, it's more kind of like here and there, or especially a lot more, I think in Canada, I don't know what it's like in California, like at least in Quebec, it's been pretty strict lockdowns for yeah a very long time. And things are starting to open back up kind of in the last year. Um, but I'm like, have I lost this muscle? I don't know. We'll see. I am also feeling like two drinks sends me into a anxiety spiral. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I've lost it. I mean, I've lost it and things are getting pretty back to normal here. And I will go do social things. Like, you know, like I said, Kelly was in town and we went to Tom, Tom, blah, blah, but still like I pieced out at like 1130. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. It's a great I'm old time. Now. That's a, that's a reasonable, level. That's a reasonable <laughs> time. It's like, don't let, don't let anybody gaslight you. <laughs> Lex, this has been so delightful and lovely. I feel like I needed to just get all these thoughts sorted out about this crazy week in pop culture. So I loved it. Yeah. Thank you so much for breaking it all down. Um, Where can people find you? 
Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. Like I said, it's like, when you get to talking, I just feel like I'm at a sleepover and it's like the best. It like makes me nostalgic. So thank you so much for having me on. And yes, everyone can literally follow me all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest at Lex Nico, L-E-X-N-I-K-O. I also have a podcast called One Last Thing. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you check that out. It's like a pop culture and current events podcast where we kind of just, again, talk about everything that's happening in the week and do a little roundup of culture news. And that's everything. Yeah. That's all that will be linked in the episode description. So head over there, head right to Lex's podcast, Mm -hmm. go on her Twitter while you're listening, like just get the full, (laughs) just creep the crap out of me. Okay. Don't be, don't be shy. Send me the DM. Like I'm very, very open to two-way communication. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, thank you so much. And that's it for this week. 